Hello, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We've got a weekend update for you, but first, an announcement before we jump into today's content. If you weren't aware, we're going to be talking about this a lot in the next few months. We have a live event coming up in May of 2024 in Orlando. Get over to the Proven conference.com. That's three words, theprovenconference.com, and look for our Orlando May 2024 details. We'll be building that out over time. We're still locking in a lot of the details, but we do know where we're going to be, and you can start to plan your spring of 2024 around making sure you make it to this event. We had about 650 people attend in 2023. It's going to be bigger and better this year with more speakers, incredible breakout sessions. We had over 40 breakout sessions for all different levels of Amazon experience and even had some non-Amazon seller-based content and training, all kinds of e-commerce training. It's really turned into an incredible event. This will be the 12th time we've done this thing. It's been an annual event for a long time for the listeners of this show. So plan on being there with us. Hope you can make it. Put it on your calendar now. More details coming soon. Hey, this weekend update is something that we started doing about four or five months ago, maybe, as I'm recording this today. And it's gotten very good feedback from those of you who are fans of this show, because what we do is we consolidate, is a good word, some of the best moments from some of the recent live training sessions that we've done in our large Facebook group. We've got a free Facebook group, by the way. There's a link at silentgym.com. You can jump in and join us. 73,000 people from around the world. But we go live once a week on Mondays, and they ask such great questions. We capture that content, we answer the questions as best we can with good information and encouragement, and then we capture those moments for this weekend update, which is what we're going to do today. So without any more announcements needed, hope you're having a great weekend. Congrats on putting in some learning time on a Saturday. If you're listening to this right when it comes out, you're going to enjoy today's compiled answers and responses to some of the common questions in our group. And hopefully you find some great tips and strategies along the way. Enjoy this episode. We'll have more brand new content for you next week. Talk to you soon. Uh, We are a community first and foremost, that's committed to helping you launch and grow multiple streams of income by using the internet creatively. And you may be saying, well, Jim, I thought you guys were an Amazon community. No, just so happens that Amazon is one of the lowest hanging fruit business opportunities that allows you to launch and grow multiple streams of income using the internet creatively. I've been using the internet as the only source of income for my family for over 20 years. Uh, I'm an e-commerce ancient dinosaur, if you will, (laughs) but I'm always trying new things. I'm always experimenting. I'm always looking for business opportunities that I can deploy myself and teach to our leadership team and to this community. And at this point, most of the great ideas, I would say all of the last 50 great ideas have come from our team, from our community. I'm not the creative source any longer. I've surrounded myself with really good people who contribute on a daily basis to what we do around here. Our leadership team is about 100 of us. That includes our coaches, content creators, moderators in our Facebook group. Did you know about half the people who try to get into our group don't get in because we determine that they're spammers or clowns. We look at their bio. We see if they have some some kind of hidden agenda trying to get into the group and sell something, you know, private message everybody, that sort of thing. So we block all those people out. So the only people in our group of 73,000 are people who have passed that test and who abide by the rules, which is, hey, we're here to have a supportive community of abundance, meaning we see success as something that any of us can have as much of as we want. 
we're not there with an agenda trying to sell something or recruit people into our program or you know sell some side services. We're there to grow alongside all the other members of the community. And we have a positive forward-looking approach to business opportunities. Uh, there's no such thing as stupid questions. We're kind to new sellers. We want you to succeed. We know your success leads to great new ideas and opportunities for all of us tomorrow. It's an abundance mindset. I'm not going to preach on that too long, but you'll notice a big difference here in contrast to, say, Amazon's own seller forums, where about 60% of the advice you get there is people who are trying to undermine you and convince you to go away because they don't want anyone else stepping on their opportunities. (laughs) Here, we don't see it that way. We see the world through an abundance lens, not just because we're happy, positive people, but because the opportunities we teach absolutely are so expansive that there's plenty of room for all of us to not only benefit, but to learn and grow together and to help each other succeed. We each come from different parts of the world with different opportunities regionally and relationally, uh, background-wise, the, the people that we know. You're going to bring something to the game that the rest of us just can't bring. You're going to have opportunities that the rest of us just can't touch. So why not support and encourage each other? That's our that's our attitude around here. That's the abundance versus scarcity mindset. So that's who we are. That's what we do. We use the internet creatively to launch and grow multiple streams of income with an emphasis on Amazon as, in my opinion, and the opinion of our entire leadership team, the greatest business opportunity of our time. I would hold it up against anything else that you're looking at or considering. Any other business model out there, If you're coming in saying, hey, I don't know a lot about e-commerce, but I'm willing to take instructions, I'm willing to pay attention and learn, what do you have in regards to low risk, low learning curve, low investment needed, high odds of success? Amazon replens is our introductory model. That's what we call it. We will hold that up against any business model you are considering. And I do a lot of other businesses as well. This isn't my only gig. Selling on Amazon is not my only gig. Coaching. And, and helping other people take that journey. That's not it. I've got a lot of other things going on. But this business model is the one I'm most excited about if someone's willing to do the work. And it leads to, the beautiful thing is if you can establish an Amazon replens business, it opens up about 50 doors of opportunity, any one of which could lead to even bigger and more incredible opportunities, such as building your own brand, launching branded bundles, becoming a consultant, partnering up with wholesalers, having those companies and brands hire you to represent them on Amazon is a huge opportunity that so many people are stepping into. Just e-commerce in general starts to open up to you once you have a successful stream of income through the Amazon Replenish channel. Some people just stay there and build a seven-figure business and love it. Other people start to open up other doors of opportunity, bolting down one opportunity at a time, not bouncing from one thing to the next. They bolt down one thing, they systemize it, they put a team in place, they automate it, And then they move on and start attaching other streams of income. That's what we do around here. All right. So that's a a pretty short version of the introduction. I try to keep it as short as possible. Hopefully you feel welcomed and loved and appreciated if you're brand new around here. We want you here. We want your questions. There are no dumb questions. That's one of our foundational core tenets around here is when new people come in, we're perfectly happy to answer the same questions we've answered a thousand times before, especially on these Monday night meetings. This is your time. If we got some more advanced sellers and they want to dive into some deeper topics, I'll handle those as well. Happy to do so. But I can tell you this, I'm not the smartest guy in our community on virtually any topic. 
it's a community effort around here. So our Facebook group, that 73,000 group, the My Silent Team, there's a link at silentgym.com if you're not in there yet. Completely free to join. That is an incredible source of great input and content and ideas from thousands of people around the world who are doing the ideas that we teach here. Uh, Again, one last mention, our flagship course, Proven Amazon Course. If you're not in there, that's where you should start. We also have 60 great coaches I mentioned earlier. Those are all successful students who've come up through the Proven Amazon course, built a beautiful, amazing business that we're all proud of. And then we tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, do you want to do some coaching for us on the side as well? Those 60 people have agreed. So you're working with someone who's built the business at a high level, succeeding, doing the stuff we teach. That's who our coaches are. There's a link at silentgym.com as well. If you're interested in talking to someone about our coaching. Creating new replens bundles, not branded. Okay, so we're talking about creating a new replen bundle that's not branded. Amazon has a one pack and you want to create a two and three pack. Can you use the same ASIN? There are no multi-packs listed on Amazon yet. Thanks. No, you probably can't. Uh, Creating multi-packs has become a harder and harder thing to do recently unless you're the brand owner. Amazon doesn't really like to see multi-packs. They've shut a lot of them down, especially if you're a new seller. If you're a new seller listening to this question and answer right now, until you're selling, I would say, ten dollars to $20,000 a month consistently in replens, don't even think about setting up new listings. Don't even think about creating packs or bundles. Don't even approach those subjects. Find winning replens. Sell those. Find, go through the Proven Amazon course. Learn the replens model. You start with the Amazon 101. You move into the RA replenishable modules. If you're really smart, you jump into our $40 one-time payment, $40 kickstart bootcamp, and you go through those first initial steps, you find your ASINs. That's where you should start if you're new. Now, if you've been around a while, you hear us talking about branded bundles and multi-packs and those sorts of things. Well, that's where this question is coming from, Ella. But no, if Amazon is the only seller on a listing and you want to create a multi-pack, nope, you're not going to have much luck doing that. Uh, They won't actually let you do that anymore. I would basically advise you kind of stay away from it because without a valid UPC code, which is going to be difficult to do if you're not the brand owner, you're going to have some struggles there. Now, we do love branded bundles, however, which means you've mixed some unique item in with the other items. This is a more advanced topic until you're selling $10,000 or so a month in replens. Don't even think about doing what I'm telling, telling you about right now, but setting up your own listings, getting brand registered, building a branded bundle, those types of things. We love that topic. There's a module inside the Proven Amazon course called Proven Brand Building that sets you on that course. Don't start there until you're selling about $10,000 or so a month. Probably shouldn't be toying around with those ideas. They're a little too advanced for you. You could end up setting up listings that violate Amazon's policies, getting in over your head, taking unnecessary risks. So start with replans and move into branded bundles over time. That's my suggestion there. Um, And even if there are multiple sellers on the listing, Ella says, yeah, that doesn't change anything. Amazon actually does not sell on the listing. Can I use another UPC? I bought one. No, you can't. You can't set up multi-packs. It's virtually impossible now to do so and remain within Amazon's policy. They'll probably get shut down if you're even able to set it up at all. So multi-packs typically were tailing people, even if you're very advanced, kind of stay away from them unless it's your brand. 
You can, however, set up branded bundles that include a handful of different brands and a unique item that you add to it under your brand. That's perfectly fine. It's a little too deep for us to dive into right now, though. As a topic, there is a great session that Nathan and Leanna, uh, my coaching director and one of the great coaches on our team, did at our most recent conference. Just so happens, if you're listening to this, today is the last day of those videos. All 40 sessions are on sale for about $40 from our recent conference. Get to theprovenconference.com slash two three, the number two, the number three, then videos as in 2023. So theprovenconference.com slash two, three videos. And that'll get you the page where you can get the videos from our most recent event for only, I think we got it at $39, something like that. And that session is one of the 40 sessions where they're talking about the latest rules and strategies in regards to branded bundles and setting up bundles with and without a, a, a registered brand with Amazon. And we've got brand new content coming. The good news, if you missed out on that sale, hey, those videos are still worth every penny if they're not on sale anymore. But we've got brand new content coming on the topic of bundles as well. So hopefully you guys will be able to jump on that as soon as it comes out. Huge discounts for our coaching students and our proven Amazon course students when that comes out. And then of course, as with all of our content, eventually it's rolled completely free into the proven Amazon course library of content where you'll find dozens of modules on every imaginable strategy for making money on Amazon. That's what the proven Amazon course is. It's a library of content. Oh, and there's Robin Joy popped in. I had me, I had your face covered up with my chat box. So great to see you here, my friend. We got to hung out earlier today. We do a kickstart bootcamp. I already mentioned it. I don't know if you were here yet when I mentioned it, Robin Joy, but one of the smartest things you can do as a new proven Amazon course student is to jump into a kickstart bootcamp, which is a small group. Typically it's around somewhere between like six to 15, somewhere depending on how many people have bought the course recently in the past few days. And we put you into a group, kind of like we're doing right now on this Zoom with a great coach on our team. Typically it's Robin Joy. And you guys have four coaching sessions, group coaching sessions that help you through those initial startup steps of getting your business launched. Those little molehills that feel like mountains when you're new. We help you navigate those. And so for $40 one-time payment, it's an opportunity to get a feel for our coaching program, get through those initial startup steps, meet in a group of others who are at a similar place where you are, which is a huge benefit of that. If you're interested in that, there's a link to our support team at silentgym.com and just say, hey, Jim mentioned the Kickstart Bootcamp. How do I get into that? And they'll get you in. The reason we don't have a sales page, public-facing sales page for it is because it's only for proven Amazon course students, because we're going to walk you through the course and the content as part of that experience. So you've got to be a proven Amazon course student. Even if you've been a student for months, we'd welcome you in there. That's great. If you haven't gotten started yet, you haven't started selling some things, our goal is to get you to the point of shipping in your first few items, getting you through the process. So uh, once you know how to ride a bike for 20 yards, well, you can ride it for 10 miles. We're going to get you those first few yards, right? We're going to get you that first boost that you need. And then you can kind of take off on your own. And we found those boot camps really do become groups of friends who continue to hang out and meet together well after the coach has moved on to other groups as well. Huge benefit in doing that. $40 one-time payment, raving feedback. We're so happy we launched this program. We've had dozens of classes now with it. And I did a presentation. David Pugsley's asking about my presentation at the conference. Man, it was so fun with Greg Webb and I uh, we talked about Bitcoin and 
topic of great passion for me. And unfortunately, of the 40 sessions we recorded at the event, the only one that our professional AV team had trouble actually capturing in a way that was of any use at all was that one. And so, no, there is not a recording of that session. But that's the bad news. The good news is I've actually got another, for those of you who are interested on my take on Bitcoin, uh, which is a topic I've studied quite a bit about, I've actually got a book right here handy. I recommend this book. See if you can. It's The Bitcoin Standard is the title of the book by Sefadine Amos. I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name, but The Bitcoin Standard, once you see the cover, highly recommended reading. I am not pro-digital currency. I am not pro-cryptocurrency at all. Actually, a lot of it scares me. Bitcoin, however, completely different category, completely different animal. There's no one in charge of turning it on or off, no one in charge of inflating it. It is a self-propagated machine out there that uh, no one can turn off. And it's a great place to store value, in my opinion. But I'm not going to dive into that real deep right now. But to say, I did record a biblical defense of Bitcoin, an audio. You can see that at silentgym.com slash BB, biblical Bitcoin. It's my best attempt at saying, from a biblical lens, how should we see Bitcoin? Does that mean you have to agree with me? Absolutely not. This, that's my take. It's my opinions. And you can kind of judge after you listen to that audio how you feel about it. So there's that. Mr. Pugsley, sorry that it wasn't captured for you, buddy. Thanks for the question. Robin, I'd love to hear your take on you know when people say, okay, what about the fourth quarter? Especially if we're talking to newer sellers, replens sellers, let's say, who are starting that journey. You know, as we get into the fourth quarter, those last three months of the year, is there anything special they should be doing now as that's kind of starting to approach? I can't believe we're talking about fall already, but here we are. You know, August is tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you say to those folks? Well, uh, thanks for the opportunity, Jim. I uh, We do one of, section of our business is strictly replans. And for replans business, we really sell the same things at Christmas as we do any other time of the year. Sometimes we'll pick up something at clearance or something that's that we can get at that time of the year and send it in. But, you know, replans, you've said it a million times, it's kind of that boring, same old, same old, I know what to expect. I know what's coming next, even fourth quarter. You will see a little bit more sales in fourth quarter because, you know, there are a lot of sales on Amazon in fourth quarter. We don't uh, jump through any hoops to get ready for that. We just do what we normally do and and can expect what we normally expect. Uh, we One thing that we do expect is just like Prime Day and some of the other holidays of the year, it might take a little longer for the shipments to be received. So we try to get those in early if we need them there before Christmas. But for us, it's not really too much of a change for us. We like to spend that time with our families. How about you, Jim? I would completely agree. I could almost said verbatim what you just said. Everything's going to sell a little faster. Guess it who I learned that from? <laughs> it, 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 the one thing I would like to point out, though, about this particular Q4 that's coming up is I really think if you've kind of been ignoring toys as a replant seller, you've been in our group for a while, it's time to pay attention to toys again, simply because they got the reputation there for a couple of years of being Oh, you're going to get the safety certificates. What do I do about that? Is that a bad thing? If I get a safety certificate, am I going to get myself in trouble? Is that going to affect my account health? Well, the dust has settled on all that. And to make a long story short, the worst case scenario, if you get a safety certificate on a toy is Amazon sends you those toys back. That's the absolute worst case scenario. And odds are very high, especially if you're not the only seller, 
that a good handful of other sellers are going to take care of the safety certificate for where the toys are. And you don't have to do anything. That's like 85% of the time you get the safety certificate. Well, 100% of the time, you can just ignore it, knowing your worst case is the stuff will get shipped back to you. But if you just ignore it, odds are someone's going to take care of that safety certificate and you'll just be out there selling toys. So consider toys just another replin category. That's my advice. If you've taken it off of your list for a while, toys are hot during Q4. Christmas sales go crazy in that category. Look for some decent replins there. You can make some good money going into Q4 this year. But other than that, completely what you just said, Robin Joy, it's just another month of doing replins. Plenty of our replin sellers have a stronger January than they do December. And December is typically strong for all of us because you know people spend a good chunk of their annual budget during that month, not just on Amazon, but everywhere. So you're going to see some great results during that month. But again, the beautiful thing of replens, it's the boring year-round stuff. It's just going to kind of keep selling at the same clip, maybe speed up a little bit. And it is nice to see those spikes of sales, no matter what you're selling. I mean, you could be selling, you know, screws and shingles and you know we sell a bunch of hardware stuff i'm just thinking of all the boring hardware stuff stuff i don't even know what it does little chunks of metal <laughs> what does that even do some kind of plumber or something i don't even know what it does but we sell a handful a week well it sells a little faster during december for some reason uh, but then you know things kind of calm back down february march gets back to normal but uh, yeah there's no extra preparation you need for fourth quarter. This year, we are planning. You're, you heard it here first if you haven't heard me mention it before, and we're going to start working on it very soon. Uh, some kind of live event, virtual live event to help kick off Q4 and help prepare everybody for 2024. Um, and it's going to be free for coaching students, probably free for proven Amazon course students as well, most likely. A few dollars for everyone else. Just diving into what's working now, very specific training, kind of replicating our live event, but doing it virtually to help everybody get into Q4. In the past, we've done Q4 groups. I don't think we're going to do that this year. We're going to have kind of a big training event and get everyone prepped and ramped up for Q4 that way. And I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about toys uh, during that as well, because there's some significant opportunities there. I really like the question that we got from uh, our friend... uh, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Nishant, he says he's from Canada and he's asking about RA replens, RA being retail arbitrage, shopping in stores for your inventory, retail stores. Online arbitrage is retail online. So we call it OA and RA, online arbitrage, retail arbitrage. Just two of the many ways you can find profitable inventory. He's saying he's doing some retail arbitrage. Typically when I hear someone say, I'm out there doing retail arbitrage, what they really mean is they're out there scanning barcodes, looking for stuff that's selling cheaper on the store shelf than it is on Amazon. And then they come to Amazon and try to sell it. That's great. We love that. But that's a hamster wheel. That's a treasure hunt. That is uh, your professional treadmill operator for, you know, that's what you're doing. The harder you run, the more you make. And you're not building a system. You're building a job for yourself where you've got to work really hard to maintain your profits. It's not replens. Replens is a different model because now you're looking only for items that you can sell over and over and over again and easily go get more when you need them. You're not looking for sales and clearance and discounts. You're looking for items that you can easily sell over and over and over again. And as your inventory gets low, you replenish your inventory so you have some more and it's easily accomplished. So am I anti 
free $20 bills laying in the clearance aisle? No, that's great. Have fun with it. But don't build a business around just that model because it's not scalable. It's unpredictable. You can't put a team out there doing it for you on your behalf. And you can't sell that business someday if you need to, because it relies on you getting up early, early bird gets the worm kind of model hitting all the yard sales, hitting all the clearance aisles, hitting all this. It's like that's, you can make some money that way. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a sustainable business business strategy. So it's kind of like the bottom of our pyramid is scrambling around looking for treasures that you can hopefully flip. The next step up is replans. Now you're building a scalable, sustainable, automatable business. From there, wholesale, uh, branded bundles, launching your own brand as you kind of climb the pyramid stairs right? Becoming a consultant, perhaps. Those are some of the other opportunities that open up to you. But if you're stuck on that hamster wheel, you're never going to get into any of those other opportunities because you can't build a system. You can't automate the machine. Many of our replin sellers, myself included, our business is reduced to there's someone who full-time, a couple of virtual assistants for us, full-time looking for winning ASINs. Another handful of people, full-time shoppers. All they're out there is shopping, replacing the stuff that's being sold. Another team that's doing all the prepping. I don't touch any of the prepping. Right, another person keeping an eye on the account health of this of this machine, this smooth running machine. Everybody does their job. Everyone's doing the same thing every day. Can't do that if you're chasing sales and discounts. It's much much harder to do that. It's very unpredictable income as well, and it's not a scalable, automatable, sellable business that you're building. Okay, so that's the difference between the two. Happy to parse it more if someone has questions. It works perfectly well in Canada and the UK but nowhere else in the world, to my knowledge, it works best in the United States. So we typically tell our students, if you're new to replens, if you're new to selling on Amazon, I don't care where you live on the planet, you need to set up a US-based entity, make it happen in the US. The only exception, if you happen to live in Canada or the UK, works pretty well there too. Nowhere near as well as it works in the US though, based on the numbers we're seeing. We have students all over the world, Slovakia. We had a student in our Kickstart bootcamp this morning from Singapore. We've got people in Australia. Amazon has a presence in Australia, but all of our successful Amazon students who live in Australia, almost all of them, I can't think of an exception, are buying and selling in the United States all day, every day, because it's just not big enough to justify. It's too risky. It's, there's not enough momentum there yet. So they buy and sell in the US. How long is that? This is the third part of uh, Nishant's question. How long do you how long do you think it will take for the Proof and Amazon course to go from starting to launching your first replan product to having your first replan on Amazon? We see people do that in a few weeks frequently. I talked to somebody at the conference who said they've had the Proof and Amazon course for five years and they haven't seen in anything yet. I don't think that's the fault of the course, however. Uh, so within a couple of weeks of intense focused effort, maybe you jump into the Kickstart Bootcamp a couple of weeks in, you should be sending in product. There's not a whole lot keeping you from signing up for an Amazon account, testing out some replans based on the process that we teach in the Proven Amazon course. Did I leave anything out there, Robin Joy? Is anything you want to add? And we have another question up from John as well. Happy to hit you up next, John. I just want to make sure that it's understood that you do not have to finish the pack course before you mm. start. Yeah, get Thank started. You. you only have, you only need to get started and send in your first shipment. So sounds like the Kickstart Bootcamp would be a great place for this person to start. I We'd completely love agree. Yeah. It, it, no one ever finishes the Proven Amazon course. It's the equivalent of finishing a library. Imagine walking into your local library and like, how long would it take me to finish this place? 
Like, uh, well, we rotate the books in and out every month. So you're talking about reading everything we've ever had or everything we ever will. Have? It's not going to happen. Proven Amazon course is kind of like that. We're always rotating in new content, rotating out anything that's become outdated, replacing and updating the stuff that needs a little tweak here and there. So it is just in time content for people seeking multiple income streams using Amazon as a platform. Constantly updated, new stuff rolling in, old stuff being purged. Right? So like last year's proven conference, those videos are already in there. The conference we just had earlier this month, those videos will eventually be in there. If you don't want to wait, you can snag them now. If you're a proven Amazon course subscriber paying $39 a month, you're going to get it all over time. All you got to do is just kind of sit back and wait. But when we do have brand new content, we discount it so heavily for our proven Amazon course students. And many times they say, I don't want to wait. Think of it kind of like a Netflix. Let's, let's just pretend Netflix had all the great movies and they all ended up in one place, right? You can go to the theater for something you really want to see, which, you know, I just, I just went and saw Mission Impossible. Not bad. I mean, Tom Cruise, he's been 30 for like 43 years now. Not a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I was willing to pay. I know it's going to be free on Netflix eventually, but I'd rather go ahead and just go and go check it out, have a good evening with my son. So that kind of mindset, hey, do I want to get this content now? Do I need it now? Could I implement it now? If so, yeah, go ahead and pay a few bucks. It's not going to cost you a whole lot as a proven Amazon course student, or you can just wait. It's going to roll in there eventually. That's how we run that. That's how we've done it for about 10 years now, and it's worked out really well. And uh, many good subscribers helping us pay our team to keep that thing maintained and, and current and fresh. That's how we do it. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I've got to tell you about a new sponsor to this program, Ecom Balance. They help e-commerce sellers and Amazon sellers with their bookkeeping. Your accountant is not your bookkeeper, by the way. You've got to be keeping great books. That's how you know if you're profitable or not. If you're struggling to know your numbers, you don't want to be operating on gut instinct. Our friends at Ecom Balance are there to help you out. You can go to Ecom Balance and mention that you heard about them from this program, and they'll give you two free months of bookkeeping so you can try them out. A link that takes you straight to the offer is, write this down, it will also be in the show notes, by the way, jimc.biz slash keeper. Again, jimc.biz slash keeper, as in bookkeeper. Go check them out. Check out their two months free offer. Tell them we sent you. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, if you can unmute, John. What's on your mind, yep. buddy? Can you hear me? Get loud and clear. Good to see you, brother. Okay, hey, good to see you too. Appreciate it. By the way, I think one of the reasons why we do the basketball at the conference is so Jim can showcase his talent <laughs> on the basketball court. Um, that's my guess, anyway. Indiana, baby. Um, hey, we're born playing ball here. <laughs> hey, oh, that's true. You are in Indiana. Yep. I had a question, and now I've got another question based on what you were just talking about um, as far as defining retail arbitrage really versus replant. Like, sure. to me, I'm a, everybody's going to know when I finish this conversation that I'm a brand new guy here. I've been in sales all my life, but this is something totally new. I'm trying to navigate through, okay? So you described the retail arbitrage as, Basically, going into a store, trying to find a profitable something that you can sell, right? And then a replens to me, is kind of the same thing, mm -hmm. all right? For, for a newbie, I'm, I'm going to go to a store. 
I'm going to try to find something that I know somebody would be selling, would, I'm sorry, would be buying over and over again. So is the replens more of what the product is versus, versus what you're doing, the actual practice of going to find replens versus retail arbitrage? Yeah, good, good question. You, you can't think of replens through the lens of the customer. And is this something they buy over and over again? Okay. A lot of times that's where people kind of drift. And, and I'm not the one who came up with the term replan. The concept came from this community, but they kind of started calling it that before we got a hold of it. And like, all right, well, we're just going to use the word. It's really, it, a replan is easily sourced inventory that sells okay. predictably profitably for you on a regular basis without you needing to wait on a discount. Okay. That's it. It's inventory that sells at a predictable pace for you at a profit that you like predictably and repeatably, and it's easy for you to go get more when you need it without needing to wait for a discount or a sale. The only difference between that and traditional RA, which has been around for 20 years, retail arbitrage as a concept has been around for 20 years. Replens has been around for six or seven in our community, and it's spread other places as well. Retail arbitrage is, you know, we we used to do this with eBay 20 years ago. Oh, here's a $5 item sitting on the shelf. They've only got one of them. It's on sale. Used to be 50. I bet I could sell this for a profit. So I just arbitraged. I moved it from one place to another, place for it's worth five bucks sitting on a shelf to a place where it's worth you know $40 sitting on eBay. I arbitraged, right. moved, right? So yeah. retail arbitrage is buying low, selling high. Replan is the ability to repeat that process as many times as I need to, anytime okay. I need to, easily sourcing more inventory as I need to, which means if I'm doing retail arbitrage on clearance aisles, when I go back to get more, there ain't any more there. Right, right. And that's not a sustainable, scalable model because I've always got to be on that hamster wheel, you know, putting in the hours, running to every, all the clearance aisles in town. And people right. can put $100,000 a year in the bank with full out hustle mode, maybe a married couple that just, that's all they do. And they grind six days a week. Yeah, you can do pretty good with that model, but mm-hmm. it's not a sustainable, scalable. Yeah, model. I understand that. Right? Yeah, Does very that make good. sense? So that's- absolutely. The, there's a lot of overlap between the two. And sometimes those great RA fines turn into great replans. And sometimes mm-hmm. those replans taper out and become just, oh, I'll find one when I can because they stop making it. And right. actually one of the models we're introducing soon is the, um, the discontinued models. If Once you learn how to recognize what's about to be discontinued and you pay attention and you, you learn how to study it, the hot sellers that are about to be discontinued, yeah, go buy a bunch of it, hold it. Wait a few months. It'll be the only seller selling against really hot ASINs. Is that a right. replan? No, not really. You can't get more. Is that yeah. RA? Uh, not really. You kind of bought and hold, held it. You weren't trying to flip it fast. It's something else. Right. So it's not so important. You know, what are these different models? It's, am I building a sustainable, scalable system? Am I learning to find profitable inventory on a repeat basis? That's the real skill set. So distinguishing and parsing the two isn't near as important as understanding what is it I'm really trying to build here? And, and does this inventory help me meet those goals without me taking unnecessary risks? Yeah, no, that's a gr- great explanation. That actually explains it very well. So I appreciate that. Outstanding. Okay, John. Well, yeah, yeah. Can I ask my other question? That, absolutely. I think that's okay. good for this podcast <laughs> so, too. So thanks for the question. I think we'll use that one. Okay, good deal. The other one that I had was as a beginner, you know, obviously everybody has to decide between FBM and FBA, right? And Not so, necessarily. Okay. Okay. At what point do you recommend? Is there like a certain milestone that you would recommend 
somebody going to FBA versus just staying with FBM? Well, I typically recommend you start off with FBA. Okay. Because your pool of potential buyers is significantly bigger. Right. Okay. And the, the difference being with FBA, you're using Amazon's warehouse. With FBM, you're using your own garage, basically. Of course. Okay. In simple terms. Kind of like the old eBay days. You didn't have FBA as an option. You were the merchant fulfilling option. Right. You were going to ship it yourself. Now we got FBA. You go If you send your inventory into Amazon's warehouse, a lot more people are going to be exposed to that inventory and they know they can get it a lot faster. Amazon tends to, although there's a bit of a lawsuit they're going to have to be fighting, fighting here soon, they tend to promote that inventory more heavily in their search algorithms. So okay. You're going to get more exposure okay, okay. with FBA. Great. So start there. Now, a lot of people unnecessarily walk away from a lot of profits with FBM. I'll give you an extreme example. Okay. There's a seller in our community I've talked to recently, a handful actually, one of them at the conference who's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars of merchant fulfill per month on grocery items that have just gone on sale within the past 48 hours at major chains. So they go to say Kroger, Target, these stores that tend to run the same sales in cycles. And those who are looking for replans based on sale items well, they kind of lose out because a replan by its nature takes two, three weeks to even get to Amazon to be listed for sale. But if you're merchant fulfilling, while that stuff is sitting in your shopping cart, you haven't even paid for it yet. You could be listing it on Amazon. As you're taking it to the parking lot, it's starting to sell at a price that people haven't seen in a while on Amazon. And so you got stuff flying off the shelf 48 hours, 72 hours after it's gone on sale because you're merchant fulfilling it, right? So there's an advantage there to merchant fulfill. So Here's a, here's a case where some where your premise was, should I do FBA or should I do FBM? I'm saying do both to, to the degree that it's advantageous to you to do so. And don't eliminate one over the other. One's better, one's not. There's good scenarios for both. And you can make a good, strong case for both. Our international students typically living outside the US, FBA is their only option, really. They right. don't have a place to store all their merchant fulfill fines and wait for it to sell, you know, unless they've got a a prep center that happens to accommodate some of that, but it's a little harder for them to justify, right? But if you've got some extra storage space, some some merchant fulfill, especially around Christmas time, fourth quarter, talk about, you know, there'll be stuff like I'm going to drive all around. I'm going to go to every Walmart in a six state area because there's $50 bills sitting on every shelf. <laughs> and I found, yeah. I'm going to go clean it. Come January, that's a useless ASIN. Merchant right. fulfilling them because it's, let's say it's December 5th. You don't have time to wait three weeks and, no. and it goes on sale on Amazon FBA. You want to sell mm-hmm. it now. So you're like, you're putting them in your cart and listing them and they're selling as you go to the cash register, right? That's mm-hmm. merchant fulfill. If you've got time for the hustle, some of us like to enjoy December with our families. Others drive around like crazy people and clear the shelf of 20 and $50 bills, right? It's kind of what your schedule dictates. Um, okay. so there's a yeah, very good, very, very good. good. Awesome. Good question, that. John. So Did I leave anything out of Robin Joy on that one? Did, did it uh, anything come to mind as I was going through? Did I do all right? Well, I I absolutely I learned from you, so absolutely. I would I would recommend that you go into Pack and find the course on FBM selling because there there's a little bit of a learning curve with the shipping templates and stuff. Make sure you know who's paying the shipping and that that's covered somewhere. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. Same, same, same. Toy, getting ungated with toys. You know, getting ungated in general as a topic is one of those things that I don't like to spend a whole lot of unnecessary time on. 
Uh, I'll give you two answers. When someone, anytime the topic comes up with ungating anything, my general advice is sell a few more items and you're going to be ungated in everything and anything eventually, except the stuff that none of us can get ungated in, right? Just sell a few of the millions of brands that you can sell. Day one, as a brand new seller, there's so many things you can sell. Sell those and all the other gates will start to open. So someone's saying, what about getting ungated in toys? There's nothing special or different about toys. It's the same rules apply. All of a sudden, one day, Amazon's going to know, like, and trust you enough to ungate a whole bunch of brands. And you'll say, they'll say, uh, hey, you're not, you're not qualified to sell this brand. Would you like to apply to be ungated? And you'll say, yeah, I'd like to apply. And they say, congratulations, based on your seller history, you're now ungated for this brand. It happens all the time. So rather than scurrying around, trying to get ungated for certain brands, certain categories, no, just sell against the stuff that you are ungated in. Um, the, the primary categories, arts and crafts, pet supplies, except for pet food, uh, kitchen and bath, sports, outdoor, anything, kitchen, home decor, those categories, just so wide, office supplies, wide open categories. Sell some of those 30, 40, 50 items. Categories like toys and certain toy brands and all that, they'll just start to fall open for you. Now, some people do pursue the process of sending in 10 units, getting uh, an approved invoice for whatever it is they're trying to sell and getting approved that way. And that's fine. But to me, that's just too much work. It's not even worth it because you're spinning your wheels with 10 units of something. Now you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. I would rather see you just sell against the items that you can sell against, the ASINs, that brand, and allow the gates to fall open naturally. And the other advice I'd give you is get into our My Silent Team Facebook group and search for the term ungated or gating. And you'll see some great conversations on this topic and some of the creative things that people do. But it's one of those molehills that feels like a mountain when you're new, but it really isn't a big deal at all. Two, three months in, it's going to be a complete non-issue as long as you're selling anything. I'm doing replants, but I don't know how much quantity to send in each time. I don't want to pay the fees for inventory if it's not selling. Okay, well, there's two different questions there in that and your question. You're saying you're selling, you're, you're in the replens model, but you're not sure what quantity to send in. And you don't want to pay fees if inventory is not going to sell. Okay, so I'll tackle both of those. When you're testing new replens, especially if you're new, two, three units of anything. If it's pricey, maybe it's just one unit. But although we don't encourage new sellers to send in like a $100 replen, typically we like to see you play in that you know, $15 to $40 per unit sell price window and sending in two or three units and testing that way. Leaving your price alone at a profitable price that's good for you. And if it doesn't sell in 30 days, you drop your price down to your break-even point, which is probably going to be somewhere around the buy box, and you get your money back without paying any fees. So that's the game. As you get better at finding replens, you're going to get a higher and higher odds of actually finding winners that do well for you and avoiding the losers. Then you build a really nice book of business. At the point you've got about 100 winning ASINs, which doesn't take you that long once the light bulb comes on. You're going to find them. You're going to find a good handful every day once you know how to do this system. You're going to have a nice book of business. Some of those replens will be drifting away. Some of them will drift away and come back. Some will be gone forever as products stop being made, or maybe Amazon decides they want to go buy half a million units at pennies on the dollar for what you pay, right? They tend to vanish over time, but it's so easy to go find more. 
Right now, as we're sitting here, there are millions of underserved listings on Amazon that any of us could be there discovering, adding to our arsenal of inventory and selling against either a handful of units or a bunch of units every month at a nice profit. That's the replens system. So you avoid the fees if you're picking the right replen inventory. Break-even becomes your worst-case scenario if you're picky enough about the replens you're buying. So hopefully that helps you out. That's the kind of stuff we teach in the Proven Amazon course, Replens Training, by the way, is helping you avoid the losers and only play with the break-evens or the winners. So as you're turning your money over, your worst-case scenario is breaking even. How does a toy become a replen? What's an example of a replen toy or a replen toy selling brand? You know, I was talking to someone today about books. I said, well, Jim, do you like books? Like, if it's a replen, I like it. A book can be a replen. Because remember, any toy could be a replen. Any book could be a replen. You know, this pen could be a replen. It's not so much the product it's can i source more of that product at the price i just paid if it's selling well for me on amazon if yes it's a replen i'll repeat that can i go easily source more at full retail price and continue to sell it at a profit if i need more of that product if it continues to sell well for me can i go get more if yes that's a replen so could a toy be a replen absolutely why couldn't it be if it's selling well for you now, it just so happens that toys tend to sell a little better in December, which means you could get some confusing confusing data. It's like, wow, this thing sells 8,000 units a month and there's only 15 sellers. This is beautiful. Well, that's because we're at Christmas time, right? Let's look back in time. How well does this thing do? Well, hot toys tend to sell very well year-round, as does any other item. One of the things we teach you to do is read a keep a chart. You've got to learn to read a keep a chart. Go back and listen to podcast episode 369 to learn what Keepa is. If you don't know what Keepa is, it's a very inexpensive software tool. We don't get paid to promote and endorse it. I've got an affiliate link somewhere. I almost never use it because I don't get many affiliate commissions from them ever, ever anyway. That's fine. It's a great tool that does things that no other tool does. Once you can read a keep a chart, and you can make a reasonably educated guess as to the volume of monthly sales of any given listing on Amazon, any given ASIN is what Amazon calls them, a terrible name. I don't know why they call them ASINs, but that's what they call them. Each listing is its own ASIN, A-S-I-N. It's a unique identifying number. It starts with B00 something typically. Okay, so each of those, there's a, there's a bit of information that Amazon does not share with anyone ever, and that is how many times per month does this thing sell? They'll tell you what the hot sellers are, but they don't tell you how many times per month it sells. Wouldn't that be good information to have? Well, there's all these expensive tools out there that claim to be able to tell you how many times per month things sell, but they're all guessing wildly different algorithms being used. There's only one tool that has an accurate bit of data that no other tool has, unless the expensive tool is buying the data from Keepa and integrating it into their tool, in which case you're overpaying. For Keepa data, just use Keepa and keep it simple. Keepa tells you the product rank. It tracks the product rank over time. So as you see the product rank moving up and down, was this a top 10 item and then it was a top 50 and then it was a top 20 and then it was a top 100 item. It's moving around. Every time a sale is made, Amazon updates the product rank. 
And we know that the only way the rank can improve on a product is for a sale to occur. At least one sale has to occur in order for a product's rank to improve. So we can begin to estimate the monthly sales volume based on product rank history. If that sounds complicated, it's much easier when you see it demonstrated instead of verbally explained. Podcast episode 369 will help you. The proven Amazon course steps you through it. And you can begin to make very educated decisions about which inventory you get into or out of. It could be a toy. It could be a book. I don't care what the product is. It could be some anonymous item. I have no clue what it does or what its function is. All I know is I can buy it anytime I need to for $8. And it sells for me two or three times a month at $32, let's say. I don't care what category the product's in. That's a replin. And I discovered it using Keepa data. That's how the system works. Dante's asking me a question about Amazon policy changes. How do you keep up with all the policy and operational changes at Amazon? Dante, you know what? I see the policy changes at Amazon kind of the way I view um, IRS. You know, if you're in, in America, the IRS, you know, the tax collection agency. I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands or millions of pages the IRS code is. It's like none of us are filing our taxes the right way. It is a spaghetti maze of a mess with piles and piles and loads of new rules coming onto the scene every day. You can't possibly hope to navigate that, right? Well, if you're an accountant, you do, and you get paid well to do it. So as long as the IRS is confusing or as long as Amazon is slightly confusing, man, that kind of keeps other people out of the game. And it helps those of us who are willing to adjust and pivot as necessary. It gives us a huge advantage. Since the early eBay days, I've been on the bandwagon because I could go back in time and show you the complaints from 20 years ago when I got into e-commerce full-time. 20 years ago, people were saying, oh no, they just changed all the rules. Oh no, a new fee. Oh no, a new category that you have to be approved to sell in. Oh no, this brand doesn't like resellers. Oh no, retail arbitrage is dead. This is 20 years ago. But those of us who are willing to adjust and pivot and keep finding profitable inventory, continuing to sell it, man, it, the world is our oyster. Just don't be freaked out by any of it. We've heard the sky is falling every two or three weeks for literally 20 years now. <laughs> so you don't have to look far. You, you just look for the headlines. Opportunity X, fill in the blank, is dead because rule X just changed. Oh no, everybody bail. Go find a real job. Get your resume out of the filing cabinet. It's time to get back into the workforce. E-commerce is dead. Every few days, you're going to hear, hear someone freak out like that. And here we are, a community of people pivoting changing course, absorbing the new rules. I'll give you a great recent example, the G10 freakout, okay? GTIN. Amazon said, hey, there's a whole bunch of barcodes in our database that aren't legitimate. I think we're going to clean things up and we're just going to get rid of all these ASINs. Well, some sellers were selling against a lot of those ASINs. And what they do? Freak out, sky is falling, panic, cry, scream, call each other, passed out in the corner, huddles, hugging yourself, Right. And then you do that, you get to do that for five or 10 minutes. That's okay. And then we go, okay, what does this mean? What opportunity is represented here? Well, what a lot of people did is said, let's follow the bouncing ball here. They just turned off a whole bunch of listings. Are shoppers still looking for those items? Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> those are some popular items. How about we set up legitimate listings for those items? And the people who did that, 
are now making a ton of money because they set up legitimate listings with legitimate UPC codes. You follow, right? Bundles that incorporated those items. Now they're doing really, really well. So every time there's opposition, by definition, there's opportunity. That's actually a biblical concept if you weren't aware. That's a biblical business concept. Anytime you see opposition, you can make a great living just looking for opposition. Where are the winds of change blowing the hardest, knocking down the way things used to be? Huge opportunity there to step in and start doing things under the new rules <laughs> before everyone else does. Boom, huge opportunity. That's pivoting. That's creating multiple streams of income. That's making yourself valuable. Put yourself in the shoes of a brand who's trying to navigate Amazon. As frustrating as it is for us as full-time Amazon sellers, we're in a Facebook group that lives, eats, breathes, and sleeps, except for about eight hours on Sunday when we pause our Facebook group. 24 hours a day, we're living, eating, breathing, and sleeping. Amazon policy. We know Amazon policy better than the people getting paid $70,000 a year to interpret Amazon policy at Amazon headquarters. We understand the rules better. We know where the cracks in the system are, right? So imagine now you're a brand trying to navigate Amazon. As much as we're pulling our hair out, they're going nuts. Do you think you're of value to them to approach some of these brands and say, hey, I know it's crazy. Amazon is nuts. You don't have time. You want to make widgets and sell them to your traditional channel. The traditional retail channel is 85% of your business. That's pretty accurate. 15% is online now for most brands. That's about average. I'll help you with that 15%. I'm going to help you navigate the Amazon chaos. I'm going to be the equivalent of the accountant that says, anytime the IRS sends you anything, don't sweat it. I got this, right? You become that person. They're going to pay you very well to be that person. You don't have to have a degree in e-commerce. You've just sold a few items on Amazon. So that's my long answer to the question. And who asked that excellent question? Uh, Dante, keeping up with the constant policy changes. That is nothing but opportunity. You know what scares me? If Amazon totally levels out one day, simplifies their policy book, makes it so easy for anybody to push two buttons and become a seller, and now the whole world is jumping in, selling on Amazon because it's just fun for everyone. Well, guess what? The opportunity is dead next week because it's just so easy. No one needs to learn anything anymore. That's not going to happen. We've got battling lawyers and brands, and we've got Amazon versus Walmart and new features and new rules and new government policies and taxes. And in California, if you sell anything that's fun at all, it's illegal and you got to make a different rule for them on your database than everyone else. I mean, it's just chaos that represents opportunity for us as sellers. So you learn to embrace the chaos as opportunity. That's the mindset you need to have. All right. That was a bit of a rant. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Sorry if I lost anyone there. Yeah, we got some cheers. I got some hands in the air, right? I mean, we're there's a reason I call us business building warriors, guys. It's not because we're setting out in a little friendly canoe in our family's two acre pond that's already stocked with fish. That's not what building a business is. We're setting sail on a, in a ship with a crew and wind and pirates and our own government t- taxing us like crazy and you know, people trying to sink our ship and strange new things and sea creatures. I mean, we're warriors, guys, but it sure beats having a real job. At least for me, it does. <laughs> I don't want a real job. I want to build my own business, build my own dreams. That's what we do around here. And if there's a little headwind from Amazon policy, we eat that for breakfast around here. No problem. Someone in the UK, uh, this is Alex, who's been a member of the Proven Amazon course since 2016. That's awesome. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that course is 12 plus 
years old. So yeah, we have people been around that long in the proven Amazon course. They have a US prep center getting into replens and wanting to sign up for the kickstart. Will the kickstart program help in navigating, sending my inventory to a prep center in the US as an international seller? Absolutely, Alex. Yeah, you would love the kickstart bootcamp program. Just contact our support team. No matter where you live in the world, like I said, I was on a boot camp call this morning with one of the groups and one of the students is in Singapore. Yeah, no matter where you live in the world, your basic questions are going to be answered by a coach on our team. And that's absolutely one they're qualified to help you navigate. We actually talked about prep centers on today's call. Just as a little push in the right direction, if you're not familiar with what a prep center is, that's just someone who will receive your inventory on your behalf, sort it, examine it, make sure nothing's broken, damaged, make sure you got the right quantity and send it into Amazon on your behalf with the right labels and stickers on it. So you don't have to do it. It adds a little bit of an expense, but really these are all things you'd have to do anyway. And they can buy the materials so much cheaper than you can because they do it in bulk. So really it starts to come close to being a break-even thing once you get it dialed in and you're kind of doing it at, at somewhat of a scale. So having someone else manage your inventory for you makes a lot of sense, especially if you're international and absolutely being in the Kickstart Bootcamp was a one-time expense of $40 for any proven Amazon course student. Even if you've been around a while, you want to be in a group of others with a coach kind of guiding you through those first few steps, contact our support team for details. Got to be a proven Amazon course student to qualify for it though, which it sounds like Alex is. Since 2016, you might get an award for being our oldest proven Amazon course student to join a Kickstart Bootcamp. 2016 is a long time ago. I love it. Seven years in, you're joining the Kickstart. That's beautiful. Amelia is asking, in order to be part of the Kickstart Bootcamp, do I need to have a specific level of knowledge? Nope. Brand new. We've got people who come into our community with zero past experience of business, e-commerce. I see Renee's raising his hand, waving at me, (laughs) right? Zero past business or e-commerce knowledge. They buy the proven Amazon course. They come to know, like, and trust us. They believe in the systems we teach. Say, all right, I'm going to take a leap of faith here. I'm going to spend $39 on the proven Amazon course. I'm going to go spend 20 bucks on Keepa. I'm going to get a seller account on Amazon, 30 bucks, something like that a month, right? So I'm making a few monthly commitments. I can turn them off anytime if this isn't going well. And I'm going to spend one time $40 on a Kickstart bootcamp so I can go through the initial setup phase with a handful of other students. So you're you know under a couple hundred dollars, and you can get some inventory as well under 200 bucks. You got some inventory and you're playing with the systems we teach and you're deciding if this is something you want to pursue or not. And it's for anyone. Absolutely. Good question, Amelia. Thanks for that. Chris, with a great question, a new seller, he's saying, hey, if there are 10 or 20 other sellers on a product, how can it possibly be profitable? All right. Great question. I embellished your question a little bit to add some emphasis. How can it be profitable? Is this Great question. There's already 10 or 20 other sellers on this thing. Should I skip it? No, there's some great winners. Go listen to podcast episode 554 at silentgym.com. I give a very thorough half hour to 40 minute explanation of why some of the most exciting listings you will ever sell against are the ones that have a lot of other sellers. Absolutely. Once you learn how to read a Keepa chart, that is an underserved listing. Here's why. Right now, you're probably thinking of of, uh, Amazon as one big warehouse and people going in and saying, I want the cheapest price. Like imagine going into your local Walmart and there's sitting right on the shelf, the exact item, selling for $6 and selling for $12. Why would you possibly ever buy the one for 12? The same item, six and 12. 
right? Why would you ever pay 12? Well, you wouldn't unless you're crazy. But that's not what Amazon's warehouse is. Amazon is 200 warehouses spread out across the entire United States. Now I'm a busy mom and I've got a party today at four o'clock. And my daughter, the only thing we need is that last doll, whatever this, you know, whatever the hot doll is. And I don't care if it's $6, $12, $24, or $80. That's the last thing we need. And the party's complete. And I need it on my front porch two hours from now. And there's only one warehouse near me that has it. And it's a hot selling item. If I was willing to wait a week or four days, I could get it from the East Coast, perhaps, or from wherever I needed it. And I'd probably save myself a few bucks. But I'm not willing to wait. I need it two hours from now. I'm in a prime now delivery area. And there's a seller selling it for twice what it's selling for somewhere else in the country. But I don't care because I can get it two hours from now. Boom, I'm paying more money. Millions of people shop that way all day, every day on Amazon. Until you understand that, it's hard to grasp what it is we're teaching here. But once you grasp it, it makes total sense why there could be 20 sellers selling a super hot item. And here you are as the 21st seller with three or four units sitting in Amazon's various warehouses around the country, waiting for someone near that warehouse to go, you know what? I'm not willing to wait three days. I don't need prime delivery two days from now. I need it yesterday. And I'm willing to pay eight extra dollars for that or four extra dollars or whatever the different price differences. So you're providing an invaluable service to customers who happen to live near the units that you have sitting on the shelf. And plus the buy box rotates and it's not price sensitive anyway, which is just part of Amazon's algorithm. So being the lowest price doesn't mean you're going to win. It does mean you're going to win a lot, but you're not going to win all. So that's the lesson of episode 554. I call it ignore the buy box. Ignore the buy box if it's a hot selling product. Hopefully that helps you out, Chris. As you dive into the replens training, this will make more sense as well. But podcast episode 554, uh, along with episode 369, a couple favorites around here for people to really get the light bulbs to come on as to what it is we do here, you'll enjoy it. Chris is saying, how can I compete with other sellers to, as this follow-up? Yep, that, that's what we're talking about. And I know you, you typed these questions out a while ago, buddy, so I'm just now getting around to, I am about 20 minutes behind the questions that are being typed out. Uh, so I, I know that's your clarifying. You don't have to compete with the other sellers. It's not about being the lowest price. That is one of the biggest misconceptions that new sellers have is, oh, I can't be the lowest price. I'm not going to make any sales. Simply not true. You need to understand that Amazon is 200 warehouses spread out all over the country, not one location that everybody drives to in price shops. Can you talk about the concept of underserved ASINs? How do you identify an underserved ASIN using Keepa? Yeah, happy to dive into that, Ella. To me, an underserved ASIN is any ASIN or any listing on Amazon that is worth testing against based on the Keepa data that I'm reading, meaning I have a reasonable expectation at some point in the next 30 to 45 days, I'm going to make at least a sale or two at a price I like. Now, how do I know if that's going to happen or not? Well, you can never know with 100% certainty, but you can start to develop really, really good tests that predict with a very high level of certainty that you can do well against it. Uh, there's many different patterns. There's probably 40 different patterns that you can learn. And those are just the ones we've discovered so far that makes an ASIN worth your time testing. 
one of my favorites is one of the simplest to explain. And that is, is it selling really fast? Does the Keepa data tell me, and this is visiting podcast episode 554 again, but this is the basic premise because I, I call it ignore the buy box strategy. At what point can I completely ignore what other sellers are selling the product for, completely ignore how many other sellers there are, and just send in a few test units at a nice high price that gets me a profit? How do I know? Well, if it's selling really fast, I'm going to test against it. I've told my team this because our worst case scenario is we break even. That's our worst case scenario. I'm not going to buy anywhere the buy box is you know, $20 below what I paid. And I was like, no, I, I don't want to see that. I would like to make sure that my worst case scenario is I'm going to break even or come close. After that, I'm going to send it in at a nice high price, well above buy box that I like because I understand the regional differences of the Amazon shopper experience. The buy box is different in different parts of the country. There's different availability in different parts of the country. Amazon spreads inventory out all over the place, especially if you send in single units. So you're sitting near the home of somebody who wants that product as fast as possible. They are not price shopping. The vast majority of Amazon shoppers are price shopping, but enough of them aren't that you're going to make a few sales a month. So I'm not looking for winning products that I can sell a bunch of, and then I go super deep into that product and try to buy it at a discount. No, I'm never buying more than a month's worth of inventory for any replin which means typically when I'm testing and I'm buying two or three units, I'm seeing it in at a nice high price, well above the buy box typically. And because it's a fast moving ASIN, I sit back and wait. If I don't sell one or two units in the first three weeks or so, I start paying attention. If I go 45 days and I haven't sold any of my two or three tests, I drop the price down the buy box. I'm going to break even at that point. The product's going to sell pretty fast now because I'm right in the Break even price range with all the other sellers, and I'll get my money back and I'll go find a better test ASIN. Over time, more often than not, you're going to find more winners than losers. You're going to stumble into incredible opportunities. You're going to be the last seller standing on some of these hot sellers as well, because everyone else is just going to sell out of their inventory, fighting in the mud, price war, that kind of thing. It's a super hot ASIN, and you're there as the only guy with inventory. You'll wake up one day and all four, five, eight units have sold, boom, in 10 minutes because everyone else sold out, beating each other up. And it still holds its nice high ranking position in Amazon's algorithm because it's a fast moving seller, right? And 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 it's an underserved ASIN. There's not enough people supporting it. How do you find those? That's what the replens training teaches you. Multiple ways to recognize these ASINs that are worthy of testing. I prefer test-worthy ASIN versus underserved. Same terminology, but maybe it helps paint a slightly better picture. Test-worthy, right? It's worth the risk, which that's all business is. It's calculated risks, right? Taking calculated risks. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.